All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. March 9th, 2023. Welcome everybody to the Women in Money podcast, as well as everybody smart enough to listen. And that includes you, Ms. Travis. <laughs> tell them why you're laughing. I'm not going to tell them why I'm laughing. <laughs> anyway, this is the Ask Susie and KT edition. So, before we start, anything you want to say? Good morning, Susie. Good morning, but don't you want to wish our friends happy birthday? Today's March 9th. It's a really lucky day. First of all, we have a really special fan in Portland, Oregon, and that is Mrs. Little Hales. I love saying Mrs. Happy Little Hales. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And to our wonderful island patriarch, Chuck Davis. How old is Chuck now? Is 85. He turned 85? Yes. He is something and, else. And looks guy. like he's 55. He <laughs> is so handsome and strong and fishes every day. Every day. Outfishes everyone. All right. Shall we begin? Wait, I want to say one more thing. Yesterday, I don't know if you caught it, but Mika Morning Joe was in Dubai and it was fabulous, right? She had on stage Gloria Steinem and Hillary Clinton and you name it all at once. Oh my God, what an incredible 3050 summit that she's doing. Oh, just want to say fabulous, Mika, fabulous. All right, KT, let's start. All right. So my first question is from Faye. She says, hello, Susie and KT. You gals make me feel unstoppable. <laughs> I love that, Funny, Susie. sometimes she makes me feel stoppable. <laughs> anyway, go on. She said, I'm a recent graduate. I have just started my career entry level. She said, I want to grow wealth and begin investing, but Susie's voice replays in my head. Don't invest if you need the money a year from now which is understandable, but I don't want to wait till I'm stocked with cash to begin investing. So she's stocked with cash at entry level. That's pretty good, Susie. How old is this person? Well, she said, with school loans and bills, that might not happen till I'm 30. Now she's 23. All right. So what is her name? Faye. This yes? is from Faye. Faye, listen to me. It pays, Faye, <laughs> to save <laughs> money. You say that you have student loans. You say, you know, that you have other things that are there, bills and all. Don't be in a rush. I have a saying, don't rush to be poor. Mm, because when you owe student loans, student loans are still not dischargeable in bankruptcy. So just go slowly. Now, the good news is because you are so young, you don't need a whole lot of money to start. Why not just start, if you have earned income, a Roth IRA, put in, even if it's just 100 or $200 a month, fine, just do it that way. Just make sure that it's diversified. Don't rush, though. Just keep money liquid that you know you're going to need. And sometimes getting out of debt is even more important than investing. All right. 
So, Faye, this is from Claudia, who's 72. So I just want you to know everyone has questions their whole life long. And this one is, hey, Susie, I'm converting some funds from a traditional IRA to a Roth. I have both cash and stocks in the traditional, which is best to convert. So want me to make this a quizzy, a pop quizzy? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Right. But anyway, here's the point, Claudia. Cash is cash. And when you convert cash, you always know the amount of taxes you are going to owe on the cash because cash is stable. So it's not like it goes up and down in value. When it comes to stocks, stocks absolutely go up and down. And there's nothing worse, really, than when you convert a stock. Let's just say you convert XYZ stock at $100 a share, and you have to pay taxes on that $100. And now, all of a sudden, XYZ stock is down at $50 a share after you converted it. Not only is it down in value, but you pay taxes on it when it was at 100 So if I were you, I would little by little, as these markets are going down, especially on days like two days ago, when the markets were down big and maybe your stocks were down big, convert stocks as the stock market is going down, convert cash as the stock market is going up. What does that look for? No, because that's, I would have gotten that quiz wrong. Oh, really? (laughs) All right, next question is from Ed. After maximizing purchase of I-bonds in our trust account, I opened a separate account in my own name to purchase additional I-bonds. Susie, in the event of my death, will that additional personal account require my estate to go through probate? There you go. No, what's interesting, Ed, is that for whatever reason, Treasury Direct does not allow a trust to be a beneficiary or a joint owner with you. You can do it in a trust. KT and I both have them in our trust names. But here's the thing. Just go back and add either a primary beneficiary or a joint owner to it. And then if anything were to happen to you, you don't have to go through probate. But if you only own an I-bond in your individual name and you have not designated a primary beneficiary or a co-owner, then yes, it will go through probate and you don't want that to happen. Since inflation seems not to be quite taming so much, we'll do an update very shortly on whether I think we should continue investing in I-bonds or not. All right, go on. Next question, Susie's from Alex. Hi, Susie and KT. I've been a fan since reading the money book for the young, fabulous, and broke and watching the Susie Orman show. And Alex has been binging on past episodes on Freebie. Yeah. We have to tell everyone to watch the Suzy Orman show on Freebie. It's there. All- well, you, you, you just told them. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. Should I pay off my mortgage or purchase a CD? My mortgage principal is about $84,000 at 4.75% interest. I've owned my townhome almost 13 years, but I plan to sell and purchase a single family home in two years. 
I'm 39, single with no children. I have a one-year emergency fund in a money market account at 3.50%. I fund my Roth IRA to the max each year, and I have no debt. All right, so Alex, this is a hard one for me to answer because I don't really have enough facts. When you ask a question like this, I need to know what are your original mortgage payments and things like that. However, Overall, because your mortgage interest is at 4.75% and you're going to be selling in probably two years or so, I would be investing right now in either CDs or treasury bills because very shortly here, you could be even making more than 4.75%. You could be making 5% right now. So if I were you, I would be doing that. All right, go on. Susie, next question is from Paolo. I'm 27 years old. We live in a 31-year-old home, which has less than a year left on the mortgage. It was built in 1992. My father had $30,000 in credit card debt, and my mom had to work two jobs from 1996 till 2008 to help pay off the debt. A friendly coworker helped pay off the rest of the debt so she wouldn't have to work the two jobs. The house should be paid off this year, but my dad claims she has to go out and get a second job again. She's 58 years old. I take care of the home as well as the maintenance, yard work, blah, blah, blah. What's the question? And then she said, we have a combined income of probably 80000 or more. I don't want my mom to get a second job again. I don't know where all the money is going. And then she said, we've not bought new furniture, vacation, nothing. They haven't done anything. And she said, I need financial assistance on this situation. So, Paolo, let's talk here. You say you don't know where all the money is going, but I think you do. With the utmost of respect, you say that your father had $30,000 in credit card debt. You did not say that your mother had it. What you said is that your mother had to work two jobs for approximately 10 years to pay off that debt. And now it's your father who wants your mother to go out and get another job as well. Now, here's the thing. Why do I think that it's your father who is the spender here. Why do I think that it's your father that is irresponsible with money here? Where does the money go? In a situation like this, and I'm not saying that this is true for you, but sometimes it is a gambling problem. Sometimes it is places that money is spent where you don't even know. But I think at the age of 27, since you are helping to take care of the house and everything else, and that nobody is splurging or anything, that you sit down as an adult with your mother and father, and you say to both of them, all right, I want you to take out all the bills. I want to see where all the money is going because I don't like that mom has to work two jobs. I don't want her to. I'm able to work and you can always work, Paolo, and also contribute. But all the money in the world won't solve a problem unless you know where that money is going. 
So when there is debt and you don't know why there's debt and why there's no money, you can find out. Numbers do not lie. People do, but numbers don't. So I'm asking you to sit down with your family and go through every single bill, every amount of money that comes in, credit card statements, everything, check credit reports, FICO scores, all of it, and you will find the answer and you'll be able to solve this problem. Next question is from Patricia. What, you have no comment on that answer? Yeah, I think that I would, it's like asking her to be an undercover agent for the money. Where is it going? I'm asking her to and be it's a responsible adult. adult. Yeah. When a child is worried about their parents or parent, all of you parents out there need to understand that your actions with money seriously emotionally affect your children. They can sense it. They don't understand it. It can always add to ruining their financial habits as well. So don't think your actions don't have ramifications on your kids because they absolutely do. Next question, KT. Okay. Patricia. Susie, I'm 48 years old and married. No mortgage, about $3,000 in credit card debt, $20,000 auto loan. I have no retirement account, no savings account, no life insurance, and no 401k. My daughter is 24 and is in college, no college loans to pay. My husband is 46 no retirement plan and no savings, no investment, no 401k. Then then here's what Patricia is asking you, Susie. I'll be receiving $40,000 as a settlement for an injury. I would like to use these funds to set up a retirement plan, earn money with savings and investment accounts, and set up a life insurance policy. So she's asking you to do, th she wants to do three things, right, Susie? Yeah. And Susie, this is what I feel I need to be financially safe and protected for life's unfortunate events. What would you do? Patricia, here you go. Somehow you got $40,000. But because you don't have any other money, none at all, you can't really invest this money because investments go up and investments go down. And I know that you would like this money to grow, but I would like you to grow it conservatively and in a guaranteed way. Therefore, if I were you, I would leave at least $5,000 in an account. What you should really do is set up the Alliant Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account where you simply put in $100 a month every month for 12 consecutive months, and they'll give you $100 after that. They're also currently paying a 3.10% interest rate. You should do one. Your daughter should do one. Your husband should do one because that's a fabulous return on your money. So if I were you, I would start there. And that would get you in the habit of saving. The main reason I want you to do it, believe it or not, is not just because of the extraordinary return you will get on your money, but once you get in the habit of actually putting money away 
every single month, all of a sudden that habits becomes your destiny because you like it. You see the accounts building and the three of you need to do that. But besides that, if you want to put in an extra few thousand dollars in the account just to do what? As an emergency fund besides the $100 a month. All right. I'd like to see you put the rest in a three-month treasury bill or certificate of deposit. You can do that at Alliant Credit Union as well, where you will earn a 4.85% annual yield. And let's see what happens, because I think interest rates will probably be going up. So you'll probably be able to renew that at a higher interest rate. That's what I would be doing, and that is all that I would be doing. Also, I don't know about your relationship with your husband or how that's going, but the CD I would personally set up in just your individual name so that it's your money and no matter what happens, you know that's yours and nobody can take it from you. Also, what you might want to do since you don't have any life insurance and there is no money there in case one of you were to die, why not take out a hundred or $200,000 life insurance policy on each one of you? So you have maybe a hundred or 200,000 on you. Your husband has one or $200,000 on him. And it's a term policy. And just do a 20-year level term policy for that kind of death benefit that would help get you by what would happen is it might cost you just a few dollars, $10, $20 really a month to have that. So to quote it, to get a good quote on that, go to selectquote.com and put in your facts and figures and see how much a 20-year level term policy would cost you. All right, go on, Katie. Okay, next question is from Danielle. I know that right now we don't like I-bonds as much as the Alliance CDs, but I still have a remaining question about the I-bonds I purchased last year. I am the primary owner and my husband is the secondary owner on the I-bonds. What happens when both my husband and I die or become incapacitated at the same time? We do have a joint trust and all other must-have documents from Susie. My understanding is that Treasury Direct doesn't allow a trust being the beneficiary. So Susie, what should she do? It doesn't allow a trust to be a beneficiary, but it most certainly allows a trust to be an owner. Before I had created a trust, years and years ago, believe it or not, and I was buying I-bonds, I bought them in my individual name. A while ago, quite a while ago, I transferred them to my trust account. So you can buy I-bonds in a trust account. You can also transfer your I-bonds from individual name to a trust account. Also, I just want to say something which is it's not that I don't like I-bonds as much as the Alliance CDs. I just wanted to hold off on buying I-bonds right now with new money until I really had a grip on what was going to happen with inflation. 
And I have to tell you, given the reports lately that are coming in, and I'll know next week because that's when the new inflation report comes in, I may say to all of you, all right, you know, before April is up, go ahead and invest money in I-bonds again. So it's just something to think about and to know. So we'll see what happens there. The thing that I don't love about I-bonds is you have that three-month penalty if you want to come out and you cannot touch it for the first year. And you have that penalty all the way through years two through five. I just want to know what we're getting into and what the rates are going to be. And then we'll see. But it seems like I'm trending more to, yep, I think we're going to be doing I-bonds again. Okay, next, KT. So, Susie, next question from Tina. Who do I name as the executor trustee of my will and trust when I have no family or friends capable of doing so? Tina, this is a sad question, but you are not alone. There are many people in a situation like that. And so a lot of times people go to a bank and they have the bank be the trustee or they go to a lawyer and have the lawyer be the successor trustee actually after you. But I really like the fact that you have a grandson that's 23 years of age. KT just handed me your email and it says that in it. And as soon as he is ready to manage it, that is who I would switch to because nobody's going to care about you more than somebody who loves you. But there are professional trustees that you have to pay to do so. So that may be your only alternative. All right, KT. Okay, Susie, next question's from Tammy. She said, a big thanks to you for all you do. And here's her question. Is there such a thing as a CD that you can roll a Roth account in? My guess is no, but I'm a nurse, not a financial whiz like you. So Tammy, absolutely, your guess is wrong. So if this was your quizzy, I would be going, wrong. You absolutely can set up a Roth IRA and buy certificates of deposits within a Roth. All right. Okay, next question. And I love these short questions, by the way, everyone. This is from Dinah. Does a married couple need to purchase two living trust programs? No, a married couple does not need to purchase two living trust programs. If it's a good program, the two of you should be able to do it all at once. All right. Hello, Susie and KT. I'm a longtime follower of the podcast and learned a ton from you. Thanks for educating us about money. My question is about a car lease your favorite, Susie. I'm currently leasing a vehicle and my lease is about to expire. What would be your recommendation as to what to do next? One, return the vehicle and lease another. Two, buy the vehicle and sell it myself. Three, something else. Pop quizzy. (laughs) Pop quizzy, Katie. Oh my goodness. Pop Um, quizzy because you once leased a car. Pop quizzy. Oh, buy it. Well, Buy wait a minute. You can't, I can't answer this question. Not enough information. What information do you need? Well, uh, uh, a lease is a couple years, like five years or something. Well, usually three, yeah. All right. So it's a couple years. I don't know what condition the vehicle's in, how many miles are on it. I can't answer this. All right. 
Is that correct? I can't answer it because I don't have enough information. <coughs> All right, what would you do? <laughs> so, everybody, how would you have answered that question? Think about it before I answer it. You've leased a car. The lease is up, usually in three years. The car is probably in good condition because it's only three years old, blah, 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 blah. What would you do? Would you return the vehicle and lease another one? Yes or no? KT? Oh, you want me to answer that again? Yes. Yes or no? Would you return no, it and lease I, another one? No, I wouldn't one? lease another one. No. And the reason is, everybody, is leasing a car in most cases is such a waste of money. It's not even funny. You lease it once. You lease it again. You lease it again. It just doesn't make any sense. You buy a car. If you can't afford a new car, that's fine. Buy a car that's used but new for you. How do you know how much of a car you can afford? Hopefully, if you have to finance it, you never finance for more than three years. If you have to push out your financing to five years, seven years, or 10 years, you are buying too expensive of a car. So no, you would not return the vehicle and lease another one. Buy the vehicle and sell it myself. The truth is what you should be doing there is talking to your lease company. And if, in fact, you like the car, there is an amount of money that you could buy it for. But if you buy it, you will then keep it. You will not turn around and sell it. If you are going to turn around and sell it, I doubt highly you would make any money on that. However, many people actually, at the end of their lease, buy the car at whatever price it is, if it's a good price, if you like the car, if it's been good to you, and then they just keep it. And they can finance it when they buy it. If you're not going to do that, then the something else would be return the car and find a new car for you that's probably used that you like, and you finance that. And then after you have paid it off, you keep it for a long, long time. So treat that car with respect. But I would not be leasing another one. That was your quizzy, KT. So <laughs> okay. I'm looking at our little clock here, and we're kind of winding down. All right. All right, everybody. Let me just say that the three-month and the six-month certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union have been a tremendous success with almost $300 million going into them. So I'm just saying that if you have money somewhere else and it's not making a high interest rate at all, and you're interested in certificates of deposits, you might want to look into the Alliant Credit Union offer, and you do so by going to myalliant.com slash ultimate. Also, I'm just going to say, for those of you who want to get into the savings habit, you need to take advantage of the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account, where you put in $100 a month every month for 12 consecutive months. And at the end of that time, Alliant will give you 
$100. Plus, you're earning currently 3.10%, and I am sure that interest rate over time will go up. For that, you would go to myalliant.com. All right, that brings us to the end of uh, Ask KT and Susie Anything. I just want to say on Sunday, the Susie School is going to be on the accurate way for you to figure out your net worth. And you're going to be surprised what I have to tell you. So you make sure that you tune in for that. But until then, there's only one thing that both KT and I want you to say every single day, and we want you to say it with us right now. Every day, wherever I go, I will create a more joyful, peaceful, and loving world. Now, you do that, and I promise you, you will be what, KT? Unstoppable, baby. Unstoppable. (laughs) See you Sunday. Bye-bye. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. They yeah, I win every single game Mine's so powerful I don't need batteries to play I'm so confident yeah, I'm unstoppable today Unstoppable today Unstoppable today Unstoppable today yeah, I'm unstoppable today Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.